Welcome to the Sum It Up Podcast. This is where we talk about movies, shows, games, and you know what, whatever we want to talk about. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and YouTube. I am John, and I am joined by my good friend Chris, and we are your co-hosts for the day. So Chris, how are you doing? I feel, uh, I feel guilty, John. I feel bad. Oh. And I, specifically, I feel bad for what I did to you uh, last week on the podcast. I kind of made fun of you for doing nice things for your wife. And it sounded really bad on all the podcasts. And even after we were done recording, I was like, was that a bit too harsh? And then when you put it out, I was just like, it was a little harsh. So I wanted to say, <laughs> I'm sorry about teasing you a little difficult. I just don't want you to be a simp, man. I'm just kidding. No, it's fine. I'm just going to be a genuinely good person. And you're going to keep criticizing me for it. There we go. So it's, it's, that's fine. The, it's fine. That's 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 our relationship. And it's great. It's wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. So today I wanted to talk about uh, a big piece of news that dropped this past week and kind of get your thoughts on it, kind of do some brainstorming for where we think this may be leading in the future. Um, But so Michael Keaton is in talks to reprise his role as the Tim Burton Batman in the upcoming Flash movie. Um, So right off the bat i wanted to ask you what is what is your experience or memory of michael keaton's batman all right here is my memory of michael keaton's batman never saw it yeah never never saw it but i've watched a lot of people discuss um his version Versus Joel Schumacher. I know that uh, Michael Keaton as Batman is beloved. And I know it means a lot to DC fans abroad. So I, it's, I'm coming from a place of ignorance. But I do know what people think. And what the general opinion of that audience is. That loves the DC Michael Keaton. And yeah, that's, that's my experience. Which is very minimal. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's weird to look back on that type of style of a superhero movie from today's lens um, because it just looks like, I don't know, if you're not like, if it's not like a nostalgia thing for you, I think it can look really campy and dumb and like a really poor production. Um, but I mean, I, I think that he's a great actor and I think Tim Burton had a very specific style in mind when he made those films and i think for them to be incorporating potentially all of the good elements from it um and and maybe trying to see how they can work that into today's dc universe i think is interesting um because like i loved i love michael keaton in, in spider-man homecoming i loved watching him in birdman he's a great actor um so i i'm curious to see because he's supposed to be this like mentor figure in the dc universe where he he runs in or he the flash runs into him and they uh he enters into the burton verse basically is what i think it's being called hmm. um and he runs Michael so far Keaton. back he just hits he just hits into that movie screen <laughs> he hits the camp yeah he so he so in the end my basically like i think the idea is that michael keaton becomes this like mentor figure for the multiverse for him um and kind of helps navigate uh, the Flash into becoming a better hero and then potentially comes back and enters the rest of the DC universe and could also mentor some of the other heroes because he's got all this experience over them having been Batman for 30 plus years it's it's an interesting idea if nothing else I mean like what what are your initial thoughts because I, I know this is this is pretty new for you so like just the announcement that Michael Keaton is being Batman again potentially and going to be in future DC movies. Um, like, what are your initial thoughts on all this? I think it from the start, it sounds very ambitious. Uh, this is a huge. This is a huge risk, I think, for uh, Warner Brothers, just because their track record is so hit and miss that if this is one of those misses, they potentially risk ruining michael keaton kind of like um what star wars did with luke skywalker coming back yeah and the last jedi and people are like oh oh no um 
And even though he got... I thought he was going to have a bigger role in Rise of Skywalker. It was very minimal. Obviously, I know what they're... Um, obviously, the fan base is pretty... Understands, for Star Wars at least, what Luke Skywalker meant and how he changed. And while some people are able to get over that change, some people saw it as disingenuous that he was the best of them all and that was the whole point and you know disney kind of hijacked that from us uh so i get it and when it comes to michael keaton from knowing how much he is the darling child of dc and he hasn't been in it for so long you know going on you know close to 30 years i worry that they are going to pull a lucas a Lucasfilm. I think I said LucasArts. Lucasfilm? I don't know. I, Lucasfilm yeah. is just going to... Or Warner Brothers is taking a huge risk, and they really need to do the character justice. They have to do Michael Keaton justice, because if the audience senses something different about it, and Tim Burton's style is very different, um, if they change his character at all over time, and it doesn't make sense... If it if it doesn't make sense if they if they make him like the Batman he was and he was and now he's like old and grumpy but he still believes in the same stuff, I think that'll go over better for cha- for fans than fundamentally changing him without a ton of exposition. I have, I I, I think it is a very risky maneuver, and I don't I I think they're backed up into a corner right now, Warner Brothers, and they're just. I, uh, with the more stuff that comes out about the Snyder Cut, the more and more I lean into, you know, Zack Snyder had a vision and the Warner Brother execs hijacked his vision and they made it so much, 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 much worse. So, well, you bring up a good point, though, in in kind of trying to figure out how his character is going to be reintroduced so many years later, because Mm -hmm. like, like you said, like. Star Wars literally just had this this happen with Luke Skywalker where they had Luke come in basically and be a completely different character than he was in the original trilogy because of time and character development off scene or off screen and fans I think were just jarred by the amount of change that they saw from him and it wasn't their Luke Skywalker that they remembered so I think there was a lot of backlash just because he was so different so you're right, like DC entirely could run into that same issue where so many people, like this this version of Batman is beloved by so many people and for them to age him 30 years like this and put him into a new updated universe, um, I, I think they, they definitely need to learn from what Lucasfilm did and do it, do it correctly and do it gently for the fans if nothing else um yeah exactly he's gonna have to like he's going to be probably not the active batman that he was back then he's probably going to be some version of like the kingdom come batman where he's got um like that uh that exo suit that helps him walk because he's his body has been just physically destroyed over the years that he can't stand up on his own um the the problem that I see is like the Flash um, or the Arrowverse just did this all on TV where they had Kevin Conroy cameo as a live action Batman for the first time. And he kind of took on that role of he was going he seemingly was going to be a mentor to Batwoman. And um, then he turned evil, spoiler alert, and uh, she had to stop him. But he had like that exosuit that helped him fight and helped him be mobile um, so there's a lot of similarities of things that they've already done. Um, now, yeah. So I, I, man, like I'm, I'm curious to see how they're how they're gonna do it because I think Keaton can do it. Um, <laughs> my do- my dog is growling at me because he wants attention. I'm so sorry. No, oh, you're good. <laughs> um, no, I mean it's it, it's gonna be interesting to see how this all plays out. Um, now with with him being from obviously from the multiverse or like not the main DC universe that they're showing on screen right now. Um, do you think that they're rushing into the idea of a multiverse or do you think that they're like relying on fans already having been so, um, so like well adjusted to it from what Marvel or what Sony has done? 
I, th- I th- what I think is going to happen is they're going to approach this from like kind of like, you know, Scooby Doo. And it's like, oh, you know, it's the Globetrotters, you know, it's kind of like they're doing cameos from different universes, but not establishing a multi-universe. I think that I think that's where Warner Brothers is kind of heading with this, which I think is a better idea. I also and just to clarify, I think the idea of bringing Michael Keaton back in is a in his role as an older Batman, a mentor. I think it's such a great idea, but I think still it's just a huge risk with their track record, you know? Um, Well, I mean, honestly, I think DC has so much intercut interconnectivity of the multiverse in the comics that i i mean if they're going to introduce him as the tim burton batman like i'm like 99.9 percent sure they're going to like this is where they establish an actual multiverse and not just like a, a cameo from someone like a wink towards the audience like i don't think this is just fan service i think this is them setting up the future for their films that they want to have and maybe that's the way you see it because they are that's mixed messaging then if they do this to set up a multiverse then what the heck was the joker you know the the movie what the heck was what when they said you know we're gonna just put out you know when when you think the strategy is hey we're gonna set up a universe and it failed and then it's like you know we're just gonna make a bunch of disjointed you know or not disjointed but loosely related movies with these characters and now it's suddenly you're going to be like, okay, we got Michael Keaton. Let's bring it back, baby. No, I, I I question the strategy of these Warner Brothers execs who are in charge of DC and bringing it onto the big screen. Because I love the Michael Keaton idea. I really do. But I think knowing their track record, it's not going to go over the, the way fans... Are ready to receive it i just see a bunch of backlash on on the horizon john you know well do you think that those do you think that those thoughts are necessarily should be taking should be taken seriously well i mean i i definitely think that they're trying that like dc has always seemed like they're trying to catch up to what marvel has done and they i think really desperately just want to set their films in a good direction um, and they're looking for the right tone. They're looking for the right um, like story arcs that they're going to set up to propel them into the future with future villains and storylines. Um, and and if I, I I don't know, man, like with where they're at now, with already such a shaky and crumbling foundation, I think to just come out in the one of the first standalone movies since um, since the Justice League and say, you know what? here's we're opening the door to everything everything has potential to be incorporated now everything could be interconnected but it's i mean i I think it's going to be interconnected when they want it to be and separate when they want it to be separate and i think by picking and choosing like that it it's dangerous and it's a really um it's a really fine line between fan service and compelling compelling storytelling um and i think I think they have a track record that leads me to believe it's going to be more fan servicey, um, because Marvel has spent so long, like t- what what is it now, like um, twelve plus years, developing their main primary universe and the characters in it, and then now they're going they've introduced the idea of potentially soon incorporating a multiverse and the things that go along with that, but now it feels warranted with Marvel. And I don't know that it feels warranted with DC yet because it just feels like just like buckshot, like I'm just going every direction and there's no clear direction as far as where they want to take the characters. Well, that once again, it goes back to my thing of like, what's the plan? Um, that, 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 that goes back to it. What is your plan, DC? Because if they came out and said, hey, we're scrapping our plan again of doing like loosely connected stories and it's just going to be like we're going to have a multiverse we're going to have cameos you're going to see a joker from this timeline enter this timeline it's going to be wacky it's going to be fun it's going to be zany and then two years down the line they're like okay we're changing it again that's the 
the problem with DC. They had mm-hmm. they wanted to do Marvel and they wanted to accelerate that timeline and they brought on Zack Snyder as their head creator, as their brainchild, and it didn't work. And whether you want to place all that blame on Zack Snyder, which I don't like him as a director, but I do, the more and more we get from the Snyder cut and what people are saying and what more concept art and more of the ideas of what he wanted and more of him being outspoken, I now am getting the flavor that, I, although I do not like Zack Snyder, I'm seeing that a lot of the studio, a lot of the execs, and producers are the one to blame for this, for this screw up. Yeah. And they're going to continue to mess with this universe. And people like Patty Jenkins, she's a fantastic director. And she, they, for whatever reason, they're like, yeah, you can have your movie, you know, do Wonder Woman. I don't know how good it's going to, how good it's going to be, but you know, do it your way. And it comes out to be a success. And I imagine the execs are like, huh, we didn't see that coming. But once again, there's no plan. And that that is going to ultimately catch up with you no matter what you do. It's what happened to Luke. DC, Warner Brothers, please, 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 please. Look over across the aisle and look at Disney and look at their two properties, Marvel and Star Wars. I want you to look at who planned it really well. They did a test run. Iron Man did great, and they're like, awesome, we could build on this. And they did. Then you have Star Wars, which was like, eh. We have a creative team of people that came up with a terrible, terrible plan. Which is like, oh, you know, East Stretchley get to do your own thing. Oh, Ryan Johnson threw out the script for the next one, written by JJ. Great. It's fantastic. We agree. Let's give him another trilogy. Ooh, wait. Let's take away that trilogy. Let's take away this. We're going to announce this. Oh, it doesn't work. There is no plan, and there's no sticking to that plan after finding success. And it's just now that they're starting to lick their wounds and get into a good spot, because guess what? Television is working out better for them. Yeah. So... My This is my plea to Warner Brothers. If you do this, do not change your mind in two years' time. If you want to do a big universe where people are popping in, doing cameos, multiverse kind of stuff, great. Fantastic. If you want to have the Globetrotters put on capes and start attacking people in the DC universe, fine. I'm all for it. But it needs to make sense. Michael Keaton coming back, if you're going to fundamentally change his character and have no exposition no real reason if it's just like oh you know he got he found the love is a love of his life it went great and then it didn't go great and that's why he's grumpy but he still has his virtues yeah great but if you completely just change the whole thing i have my doubts john and it's the track record you cannot you i have to be skeptical of this i have to be cynical with DC because of their track record, you know, it's not. So go ahead. Let me play. Let me play devil's advocate here. Um, so apologist. <laughs> so obviously Snyder cut is coming out next year. That's a thing, mm-hmm. um, which with it being released on HBO max, it gives, it gives it some weight and significance because DC is seemingly backing it. And what, Zack Snyder was trying to do originally and the ideas and concepts that he was introducing one of those was um which was going to be paid off more in the next two films of the planned trilogy for Justice League was the Flash and um Cyborg Fixture Stone uh going back in time to warn Bruce that Lois is the key to keeping uh Clark Superman from turning evil and having the nightmare world nightmare whatever it was called uh, come to come to pass so these things are going to be probably more delved into in the snyder cut of the flash going back in time um exploring more timelines and universes than what was established in justice league and so with that initial um introduction of the idea to be then more opened up and delved into in the flash movie it it seems like that at least is some kind of um 
intentional step forward of saying A leads to B leads to C. So it seems like someone at least has some kind of idea of where things are going. I'm not necessarily saying that they're thinking 10, 15 years in the in the future and have everything mapped out like I think Kevin Feige does, but I think it shows some in like it, it shows that they're being intentional to a degree. Now, that's not to say that it's going to be executed poorly, um, but they, I, I, to come off of being devil's advocate, I think the problem that DC has is like they have all of these great and immersive storylines from the comics that they want to introduce, uh, like the death of, death of Superman, like a grisly old Batman that's past his prime, um, and Flashpoint, like they're trying to introduce in the next film. Like, that's that's the thing, like... It's supposed to be loosely based off of Flash, the Flashpoint storyline, which is where the idea of this multiverse comes into play at all. Um, so first of all, they have to execute that storyline well and not just have it be beat for beat from the comics. Um, then they have to introduce Michael Keaton well, while also justifying his existence <laughs> in that world and contributions yeah. to future movies. They have to do it well, um, John. They have to do it, it well. Exactly. And then they have to pay that or continue to pay it off down the road in future movies it can't just be a one-off thing where you're right like like what you said where two years down the road they decide oh nope we're changing direction um i'd like the, and, the and who's not to say that two years down the line if the snyder cut does do well and i'm not saying it is but if it does yeah. what if they reboot his universe like, that's that's my thing, John. You play devil's advocate to tell me that. Look at all these great things that they want to do. Look at all these things that they had planned out, and it just didn't go that way. I'll play... De uh, I don't want to play devil's advocate because I'm so passionate about how stupid of a studio I think the DC, <laughs> DC is handling all of this because guess what? These are the same people who saw Suicide Squad. Put it out there. It bombed. And they're like, let's do a second one. Even though they're getting James Gunn on the phone and having him in the chair to direct this thing, they still thought, let's do another one. In the that, business world, that makes mm -hmm. no sense. That's the thing that I think they're not fully grasping is like they have this core group of characters and ideas that they're really fully latching onto. And like the problem is that they have this rich a uh, vast expanse of characters and and storylines and teams and more than just like the core six or seven justice league members and suicide squad that they can play with and they're choosing to just repeatedly jump on the same ip over and over and over again and rather than veering off into another direction of um let's get a green lantern movie out there quicker or let's do lobo or let's do um let's do like a constantine movie right this time uh they have they're, they're just choosing to hop back on the same characters over and over and over again and just maybe eventually they'll do it right and then they can build something off that i i just i i'm very leery about how, how all this is going down and i mean like i i don't think that personally i don't think that they have a, a well planned out um plan of action for the future that was purely just trying to do the point counterpoint thing um but i don't know i don't know man like it well, it seems like the definition of insanity here well let me pivot and ask you this what do you think it's gonna work do I no? Um, yeah, I heard it. I heard it slip because I'll tell you what I'm think. As far as bringing Michael Keaton back and doing this Flash thing, my you you asked me what my thoughts were, but this is what I think is going to happen. This is my prediction, very early prediction, not knowing much. They're going to screw it up. Yeah, I I don't think that they've spent enough time fleshing out enough of the characters besides wonder woman i think she's probably the most interesting character they have right now because she has had the most not only screen time but like depth to her character displayed in the movies um she so to say that i want you i want you 
I want you to hear this really quickly and think about what you just said. You said, yes. in the DC Universe, Wonder Woman is the most interesting character so far in the movies. And this property has Batman. Nothing to say against a woman, but historically, in the comic books, Batman is the more interesting character. People, the common criticism for a Wonder Woman and for a Superman is they're they're so powerful. More more so Superman. And you have Batman. And you're telling me that Wonder Woman is the most interesting character in this franchise. And I would agree with you. And I love it. Like, but that's the insane thing about this. And they're bringing Michael Keaton into a Flash movie. And they're also doing a Batman movie with <laughs> with um, Battinson. You, it's, it's, it's crazy. So then let me ask you this. Do you think that this is them genuinely trying out new ideas and trying to see what what works or do you think this is them just relying on nostalgia and the good um the goodwill that may have been bought from tim burton's original movies to try and propel them into success in the future i think someone who works on one of the smaller shows in dc on television someone who does DC television, someone who is a like a small producer is like, I got an idea for the movies. Let me bring this to my boss. And it's like, hey, you know how Marvel has Nick Fury? Well, maybe we could do that. But instead of it being a new character, we use Michael Keaton from the old uh, the old movies from the Tim Burton verse. Let's bring him back. And the bosses are like, oh, my gosh, that is a genius idea. This might revive our franchise. We're going to bring him into the Flash movie. And it'll go alongside the Battinson movie. And the little producer's like, wait, but don't you want him in the in the Battinson? Uh, and they're like, no, 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 no. Flash is better. And he's like, oh, no. What did I just do? I just gave them Michael Keaton for them to destroy his career. He's going to get Thanos snapped, basically. And I don't mind making a Marvel reference here because they're doing it right. <laughs> And I, I generally, I generally think that the idea was made with such beautiful intent, like, like a butterfly in a in a grotto, just, <laughs> just playing around, out of its coming off of its cocoon, in a few moments, and then a frog eats it. This is what this is what I see. Well, that's that's the problem. So, in order for them to introduce the idea of a multiverse the Flash has to be involved because he's the one that's able to travel between universes. He's able to time travel. Um, so he has to be the linchpin of, of that concept. But they haven't spent enough time even showing that he is a competent character on his own. Like the way that it, he was shown in Justice League was that he's just a big goofball that was a comic relief that doesn't fully understand his own abilities. Um, so for them to put him as the center of what they're trying to pivot into, I don't think is strong enough. And I think Ezra, Ezra Miller is a good actor. And I think given enough time and character development, he could be an interesting flash. But they're they're jumping on this concept way too early. Like, in my mind, you need to introduce, like, have have a good flash standalone movie show who he is how he's different than the comics and the tv show and how he can stand up on his own and be a good competent hero and maybe in the second movie you start introducing this idea of well wait he's going to explore the limits of his powers oh and he accidentally just time traveled oh he just caused flashpoint oh he just met bruce, bruce wayne from another universe like there you're able to kind of let the dominoes fall once you've set up a good foundation but if you just jump on it and throw a bunch of darts at a dartboard hoping that one of them is going to stick it's going to feel really disjointed and just jumbled up oh no and i agree with you yeah i agree with that uh, i just <sighs> and even even the fact here you could even make it you know like you said do it in the second movie not the first you can even do it as an end credit scene it would still be fine but the way this mm -hmm. is announced tell me it's going to be a major point of this uh, of the next flat or of this flashpoint uh, and i agree with you i i'm just worried i and you also got to convince the general audience john 
I, I, most of the time when we talk about DC, I don't take it from somebody. I don't act like it because I read comics. I don't read comics. I don't know everything about the DC. I remember watching the Batman and Justin, Justice League as a kid, but I wasn't obsessed with it. I just watched it like it was a Saturday cartoon, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Bat- Batman Beyond, but I can't remember any of that stuff now that I'm older. I really don't. I remember more about Dragon Ball Z. And then I did about Batman Beyond. And that's not to say that Batman Beyond was bad. I remember liking it. But when it comes to these movies things, when it comes to the DC movies, I approach it as a casual moviegoer person who also enjoys mm. nerdy stuff. But I'm looking at it from an eye of like, I have no idea what the heck is going on. And when you market this thing, how are you going to market it? Oh, there's a Flash movie. How many people in the general audience are going to be like, oh... There's a Flash movie made by DC. I'm going to go see it. As opposed to, oh, they made an Ant-Man movie and I have to see it because it's part of the Marvel Universe. That is a continuation. Yeah. That is my point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm moving no, my hands around, which is bad for podcasting, but I'm making <laughs> a bunch of Italian movement of hands that, that tell you it makes no sense. You can tell in your voice. It's yes. there. I can tell you've been waving your hands. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I, I mean, I think. Okay, so I think to a degree you're right that um, there. I mean, there, obviously we've said before that like there needs to be a clear path of what the story leads towards, um, and I. It just feels like the multiverse in this case is going to be a gimmick and not an essential part of the story, and just a way for them to introduce characters and ideas that can like they're trying to justify future actions based on what they're trying to do now and there was a there was a theory for a long time that they were going to do a flash standalone movie and they had wanted to do a flashpoint from the beginning of it basically because fans thought that they wanted to just completely reset their dc universe and start fresh with new versions of characters or just bring in what was working and kick out what wasn't but there again like they're that rumor was was saying that DC and Warner Brothers want to use this core, emotionally meaningful and powerful story arc for their character as a gimmick to try and fix mistakes that they've made. And it doesn't feel like they're taking clear steps to solidify good character arcs. Like, they're not focusing on the characters, on the source material. It's all a means to an end of just making money. And it's frustrating as a fan to see a studio be like that when you want to be emotionally invested in these characters and you have, I think it's even harder when you have such a great example like what Marvel's done, where you have this decade-long span of characters that mean something to people and DC's coming along and just saying, oh yeah, nope, we're there. Yeah, we can do that. It's just frustrating to see them try and like take the cheap route like they're they're not justifying anything that they're trying to do well yeah to a degree i agree uh to a degree i see your point with that um i think it is also i think there's another part of it and you bring it up a lot that they want to be more character driven they want to have story arcs for these characters they want to they want to you want to see the growth of these dc superheroes when I think of Marvel, there are some story arcs for the characters. Some. Mostly Tony Stark gets a lot of character changes and has a lot of different ideas that change this universe. But in Marvel, for the most part, Captain America is virtuous. For the most part, Black Panther is a king of Wakanda. And he's trying to protect his people. And he's trying to avenge his father's death when it happens in the movie. You also got Spider-Man and Spider-Man is a kid and the characters in in the Marvel Universe change very little and it's the story is about their personalities clashing and then there being a change in their personalities. That makes sense. That's their story arcs. I don't think the changes of their characters happen inside the big budget movies. It happens off often their own standalone movies but and we still get them we still get that core 
fundamental values of each character and what they think when they get to the collaborative movies. Like, Captain America really doesn't change a lot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he's constantly clashing with Tony. You know, there's times that they fight. Then there's a time where he asks Tony for help. This is this is the this is the thing that Marvel does great is like these characters and personalities and the dynamic that they have with each other despite how wildly different they are that's the interesting thing and in how they come together to solve an issue that is awesome to see well, that change and evolution and with DC when they say we're more character driven or when not necessarily that DC is coming out and saying it, but when people have told me that the DC comics really evoke character-driven stories, very difficult life decisions, you know, like very deep thought, very deep concepts that us as humans, people, are fascinated with because it's interesting and it's, in a sense, raw, you know, these moral, dilem moral dilemmas these characters go through. I absolutely see none of that in the DCEU. And if I do see any hint of it, it's from the normal, like the standalone movies where, you know, with, uh, you know, Wonder Woman finding out about Ares and having to realize she's a weapon and overcome some of these things. And but her personality doesn't change that much. She stays virtuous. Uh, Jason Momoa as uh, Aquaman. You know, he has to learn to be a king. Does he really learn to be a king? He's still like the... He just tackles to to become more responsible and that's it. He doesn't do anything greater. He has to defeat an enemy. He just has to face his destiny and realize, I have to do this. It's not so much that he changes like, man, I need to be a better leader. It's like, no, I need to be king and and face my destiny. That's it. You know, that, yeah, that's, my, so that's my criticism. Well, like, what, do you, what is your take on that, John? That kind of gets into something that Stan Lee used to always talk about when discussing his own writing and, and what he did with Marvel is this concept of the illusion of change, where you have these core attributes like you talked about, where Captain America is virtuous, Tony is smart, um, these these integral parts of who the characters are that really don't change very often or don't stray for too long before they, they snap back to where they were. Mm -hmm. um, but they have things happen around them that give this illusion of change happening in the comics or with the characters to where um, uh, it doesn't happen. It happens, I think, a lot more with DC as far as like major earth shattering events because they, they reboot their universe every few years. Um, <laughs> like, like they the the uh, the concept of flashpoint brought about the new 52 which then led to rebirth um which then has gone into um like introducing uh dr manhattan and his his role in all of these things and kind of him standing outside of it all um but like there needs to be like in good good writing like this there should be um, minimal change to the core idea of who the character is and who, how they identify. Like, he shouldn't flip on a dime and become somebody completely different. Like, Captain America, you're right, should always stand by, like, his beliefs and um, what he knows to be right. But his perception of the world changes um, to where his, his morals are unwavering, but he is not this naive soldier that he was back in World War II. He became something more, and he grew as a character while still maintaining his core identity. Um, now, I think Marvel has had... They've put in the time, they've put in the hours in showing who, they, who these characters were initially and how they changed into something else. Tony was a war criminal, essentially, of, of arms dealer who became this this person striving almost to an insane insane point for peace while still inevitably putting out war machines out into the world um i mean even like ant-man let's say scott lang uh started as a thief who was estranged from his family besides his daughter who was introduced to um uh, Hank Pym and his life changed where he was using the he became using he started using those skills for good rather than for evil and he's he is more of a character that's like influenced by his surroundings than he influences them I think 
but you have like i said like you have these core ideas of who they are and how they're not supposed to change but the things around them influence them and impact them um dc just hasn't even like begun i think to a lot of degrees establishing who their characters are and now they're saying we're going to introduce a concept like flashpoint that drastically alters who they are in the comics and somehow they're going to do this well in the movies while i i hope maintaining what's good and what what fans enjoy about these movies while also maybe reversing some negative missteps that they've had um but i it just they like okay so let me back up so you you talked about all of that character development happening in the standalone movies and then the big event films is just their personalities clashing and i think that's 100 percent right dc has only had big event films besides the few small successes that they've had of individual standalone movies which Wonder don't Wonder. show a lot of character changes the big event films don't no you're nor, right nor do and I mean, my argument is is nor do the nor do the um nor do the standalone like oh this is the this is that person's movie those stand those movies that are connected not the big budget films but like mm-hmm. wonder woman or man of steel or you know uh, well now do you think that's just because they haven't had the chance to put out sequels to these movies to show how the development has happened or do you think that's just poor writing oh i think it's poor writing absolutely okay. I, abs- I absolutely no to tell me that they've had they've had no time they've had time but remember everything gets pushed back oh we don't have a director oh we have ben affleck he's gonna direct this movie He's actually not going to direct this movie. He's going to just star in it. Actually, he's going to direct and star in it. He's also having a tough time writing the movie. Okay, Ben Affleck's not part of the project anymore. They have time, John. It's a dumpster fire. And that's... Imagine if you're a business owner. And I keep bringing it back to business because money matters in this industry. And a lot of people understand that. And you have investors. If you have an employee who doesn't come to work for one week and you're expecting results, you know, what is your plan there? Oh yeah, you fire him, but you've got clients, you've got projects that are now backed up. You got to pump that stuff out, brother. And DC is just kind of like looking left and right, like just looking left and right and doing nothing. They're, well, okay, they're looking for the solution to land in their lap. And that's not how it works. And that's why that's why I'm so overtly critical of, of them. Because I saw another big, indust- uh, big part of the industry do it. And it's called Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm did this. DC is, is, is doing it too. And Lucasfilm, I might say, is starting to become self-aware. Thank God. But DC is still doing the same thing. I have, don't you have the feeling that they're just gonna reboot this universe in two years with Robert Pattinson? <laughs> like if his if his Batman movie bombs, what are they gonna do? They can't afford to keep rebooting this universe, John. And that's why I'm so critical because I really have no hope for the DC comic movies. <laughs> no, I. I... I think you're right. I think part of it is definitely negative studio involvement and them making poor choices from up above because they feel it seems like the studio heads are so disconnected from what one like the fans want and two what the source material is and how they can relay that through the screen. They have Um, such good source material, such great source material. It's almost like they're doing the, there's that Lucasfilm and Lucasfilm employee uh, said like, there's not a lot of source material. And like the fan base was like, yo, what about all these books that they've been writing for 30 years, man? What are you doing? (laughs) It's the same thing that DC is doing. They're just like, you know, like how long does it take to write a script when you have comic books? Comic books on comic books. Bring a comic book uh, writer onto the screen. He's never done movies, but you could pair him with someone who has. Make like make something good, please. You can't. Video games get delayed all the time, 
And sometimes, and most most of the time, I'll not say most, most of the time for big budget video games that do get delayed rather than just coming out early, they're generally good because they took the time to fix those issues. This mm-hmm. Batman movie with Robert Pattinson has been delayed and delayed and delayed, pushed back. No one knows what's going to happen. And, oh, like, w- my, I would hope that it's going to be good, but given the track record, it's not. I, I, we can go around this in a circle several times, John. But my <laughs> point of my fact, the point that I'm trying to make, I'm all over the place today. The point that I'm trying to make is, is I have no faith in DC. Mm-hmm. I love the idea they're striving for, but ultimately it's not going to work because of the way they do things. I really so, hope I'm proven wrong, but I have a feeling I'm going to be right. And I, and it, it makes me sad. So let me, let me run this by you here. So this is all, what has that kind of happened behind the scenes with some of the big event films uh, that they've wanted to do. So we obviously know what happened with Zack Snyder and his family and the loss that they went through while they were working on production mm-hmm. for that film, yeah. which led Joss Whedon to enter it, which led the studio him to kind of push it in a new direction um so that partially at least we have to say is is a matter of circumstances that were out of the studio and director's control um because obviously no one could have predicted what would have happened to his child and he needed to be with his family he made the right decision as a as a person as a as a father but um, I, well here i'll i want to see what you think because i'll argue against that the studio had a vision they saw what was done and they're like, Joss Whedon changed the whole thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because no, no, no. they told not, Joss I'm... Whedon, too. So I, I, it's, when you say the studio had no control, the stu- I, I, I'm not saying that you meant it that way, but I'm just saying the execs and the studio completely changed everything that Zack wanted to do. And then you have those reshoots and the disgusting CGI upper lip for, you know, <laughs> Henry Cavill. Yes. R.I.P. So that must So that... Yes, obviously that all happened, and they they chose to make those decisions. I'm I'm purely talking, and the, the two instances I'm going to bring up, I'm okay. purely talking about the what happened beyond anyone's control. Um, so Zack Snyder was affected by something beyond what he could have prepared for, mm-hmm. um, and that led to X, Y, and Z. Second, um, Yes, Ben Affleck was supposed to write, direct, and star in uh, in another standalone Batman trilogy, potentially, or at least one standalone film, um, and he was in the process of it. However, he started going through some major depression, and he, he started drinking heavily, um, was really starting to become an alcoholic, and he physically and mentally was just not in a position to where he could handle all of the pressure that was being put upon him by the studio, by the fans, by himself. And so he, he started taking time for himself where he was backing away. He said, well, I'm going to be in it, but I'm not going to direct it and I'll help write it. Oh, I I can't even handle that. Um, I I'm going to be in it, but I'm not going to write it. And we're going to bring in this another, this other great director to do it. Um, and then eventually he got to the point where he was at such a low for himself to where he could not physically be under the pressure of being um, in the spotlight right then. And so he completely stepped away, focused on his mental health, his rehab, and is starting to get to a better place now, which led to them recasting, which led to the new director, the new direction potentially for the character. So these two things were beyond what anyone could have foreseen when they originally started setting up the justice league and the characters and the direction for the studio. However, that is not to say that they have pivoted and adjusted well to the changes that were put upon them. They have made some very, very poor decisions, um, as a studio, not as people, obviously, but as a studio, um, for the direction they want to take, their ip in um but i think it is important to recognize that more so than uh than lucasfilm more so than marvel initially there have been such extreme cases of um of situations happening beyond anyone's uh, foresight or control that they have been put in a position where they've had to adapt and credit i personally believe that they have adapted poorly 
but Marvel has not been in a situation like this other than having disagreements with actors and recasting um, to Mark Ruffalo. Um, it, it just seems like a very unique situation that I think that part of it isn't really talked about or recognized enough. I think we focus so much on the bad choices that people have made and less about, well, what happened to get them to that point beyond what anyone could have controlled. I think I think you bring up a good point, and it kind of, it kind of, it's good, and I'm glad you did that because it kind of makes me take a step back and be like, all right, you know, perhaps I am being too harsh on DC. Perhaps those things do matter because um, what happened with Zack Snyder is obviously a tragedy. It's a huge tragedy, and nobody wants that at all. Um, and what happened to Ben Affleck? is also important you know taking care of his mental health i just when i get critical of this studio it's like the fandom the people that i follow on social media as far as like youtube i'm not on twitter or any of that other stuff but i all these people that i go for my daily content are so in love with things like batman are so in love with like superman like greg miller from kind of funny love superman alana pierce who's kind of part of funhouse and all that stuff she likes batman you know these these youtube places to go these people that i watch their content and i see the passion the love they have for these things and to not get a return on that is Mm -hmm. devastating because i've felt that with star wars but not at the degree that they might feel it because for star wars at least I got some great things out of it. You know, I got Rogue One. That Darth Vader scene is a dope. It is. Yes. Am- that might be the best scene that <laughs> Disney has done in the entire of what they've had. I would say it's a better scene than Darth Maul and Ahsoka fighting. I would say it's better than any of the television stuff that's gone on. That scene is amazing. And it happened in a movie. Um, this it's it's the it's the it's. It's hard for me to describe it, but it's like someone is in a someone's in a toy factory, and all the toys coming out are wrong. But the problem is, the toy factory is across from a better toy factory, and at the same time, at this better toy factory, all the walls are made out of glass. You can literally see how they're doing it, Mm -hmm. and you, this person who's got making some bad toys is not changing that is my that is my gripe so i i i will let you i will i take your point and and i i will admit i need to back off when it comes to the unforeseen things this is a great point because a lot of people won't see that i didn't see it i didn't think about it i'm glad to hear it but i just simply go to the track record of look at all the hits look at all the misses uh and i just have the sneaking suspicion that none of this is going to have a long-term return for the yes. studio. I 100% agree. I like you said like I don't I don't think that they're building a strong enough foundation to build franchises off of. And yes, you said it in- perfectly better than I did just right there. Yeah. <laughs> you that 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 no foundation. You hit it. You you win. That was it. <laughs> So basically, I think just to kind of sum everything up, what I, oh, wow, sum it up. Um, so, ah. ha, ha. Um, what I think we're saying is that the idea of Michael Keaton, and we've come a long way from that, but the idea of Michael Keaton being in the movie as Batman again is interesting, but probably not great for the DC universe. And we are not very optimistic about what is going to happen. Um they don't have a great track record and it's probably going to get rebooted again in about three years after that movie comes out. If the movie is terrible, I could see a whole generation of people knowing Michael Keaton more for his role in Spider-Man than as Batman. Ooh. Okay. So that brings up a really good question before we leave. So if, if he has this great reputation for being Batman now, for what he did with tim burton do you think that they are going to do something or there's the potential to completely erase that goodwill and that 
um, that love for the character. Uh, like, do you think that DC is capable of wiping out the positive memories of Michael Keaton as Batman in one movie like this? Wiping all of it out? No, I don't think. I don't think Michael Keaton, if he's in a movie and he does. And he does this movie and Michael Keaton's going to act the hell out of it. You know, it's not that Michael Keaton's going to be bad. It's whatever's given to him is going to be utter crap. Uh, that's what I foresee if it doesn't go well. Uh, in the light that you're talking, the circumstance that this movie is going to tarnish his reputation. I think that fans will hold on to those older movies more. And when their kids, when they have kids, or if they're having kids, they're gonna be like, no, no, everything that came out in the past five years, utter trash, disgusting. I don't want you watching it. I don't want you going to see the boy next door. None of it. They're gonna be like, and then they're gonna take out this VHS that's got dust all over it, and they're gonna look at their kid and they're like, this, this is the gold standard, and it's Michael Keaton in the Tim Burton universe as Batman. I don't think they're going to. It's gonna tarnish his reputation. But I think it will further tarnish the reputation of DC Studios. Because guess what? Mark Hamill, super beloved. Mark Hamill is more super beloved now than I think he was 10 years ago because of how, how like, how, uh, what's the word? He was so maybe facetious when it came to promoting The Last Jedi because of the way they treated Luke. Mm-hmm. And people have made videos about, look at his reaction. And I think it's a little bit overstated. But he has become more of a hero now than w- what he was 10 years ago when there was no Disney deal or anything. The the the, the handling of his character made him bigger and made us hold on to those, those original trilogy more closely to our hearts. So that is my opinion on that. What about you, John? No, I, th- I think that's fair. I think... I, I more than if anything is going to be like what happened with Disney I think you're 100% right like it's it's going to keep, make fans hold on to uh his original Batman even more and <laughs> most likely just completely disregard what he does in the future film or what is what is seen in the future film not necessarily what he does um but I don't know. It's going to be interesting. And I mean, this is going to happen for quite a few more years because they, they're writing it right now. They've they've still got to finalize his contract with it. It actually has to be made official. They have to start production on it once all this COVID stuff ends. So it's... I don't see this happening before like 2023. Um, so we've got a lot of time between now and then for them to make it right. But I I'm curious and I'm interested and I'm still going to see the movie even if it's garbage purely because I want to see how they crash and burn. Um, yes. yes, 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 yes. I want to watch the dumpster fire is if basically they, what I'm saying. If there are still movie theaters around, <laughs> if, if we not, if we don't devolve into a Mad Max style dystopian future where we fight over water and ride go-karts through a desert, then, Oh, then oh yes. man, John, let's be doofs together. <laughs> the deuce with the blinded guys on the on the rig with the guitars let's do it oh let's do it man that's gonna be great <laughs> That'll be, oh glorious well thank you guys for joining us we will be back next week and have a great one bye bye <laughs>